Can we give some praise to a king that deserves it? Like, like our normal Bolivar praise that we can give a little bit louder than that. There we go. Come on. God is so good. So good. Y'all can be seated this morning. Hey, I'm so thankful that you guys are here this morning. Welcome to the Hill, Bolivar. And uh, if you're watching online, welcome to the Hill. And uh, I'm so thankful that you guys get to share a seat this morning with us. Uh, I promise that if you allow God to, he will change you from the inside out this morning and you will walk out with a new courage and boldness to change and affect the society that you surround yourself with. Anybody excited about hearing from God today? There's three or four of us, and we're going to change the world with or without the others, so I'm good with it. <laughs> hey, uh, this morning, we're, we got special guests this morning, uh, the SVU soccer team. Would y'all stand up? Can we give these, man, these, just so that we're clear, these are all the guys that you can't outrun in this building, right? Like any one of these can beat you in a foot race. And I challenge you, if you don't think so, just ask them. Hey, we're so thankful that you guys are here this morning. Thank you, Coach, for, uh, for bringing them and, and being a part. And uh, if you guys don't know, where's Chris at? Chris, Chris Mitchell, we have a, we have a Hill group that meets on campus every Sunday, and uh, he, I know that he would love for you guys to come and join him and be a part of a group that meets on your campus. You get C-W-O, C-O-W, same thing, backwards. Uh, you get that credit for going to that Hill group, so I just wanted to connect you guys. Thank you guys so much for being here this morning. You guys can be seated. And uh, one, one last thing. Hannah, thanks so much for being here. Just a special friend to the Hill. She, uh, she's done so much for our youth group, and she's back from, from Mexico today um, just on a little break. She's a missionary down there that we, uh, we sent off, and uh, she's killing it, and so thankful that she's here this morning. Hey, we have another special, amazing uh, opportunity this morning. We are still in our series, um, More Than a Song, and uh, I'm so excited this morning. Uh, you guys have gotten to see a little bit of taste a few different campuses. If you don't know, we have four campuses, um, Stockton, Bolivar, Ashgrove, and Nevada. I have to go in my mind where we were. And um, it's amazing to see that all the leaders can, and um, just that we're a part of a, a massive uh, movement for the kingdom. It's not just about Bolivar. And it's not just about Stockton. It's not just about Nevada. It's not just about Ashgrove. It's about the kingdom, and we get to be a part of that. And so this morning, um, Charisse, Pastor Charisse from Stockton, um, her and her husband Tim are the campus pastors for our Stockton location, and uh, she's going to, to share the word with us this morning. I'm so excited. If you don't know, um, this is Pastor Bo's mom, and uh, so anything that you love about him, you can compliment, and anything that you, just annoys you, you can complain to her following service. She'll be out in the lobby, and uh, no, I'm just kidding, but would you guys welcome uh, Pastor Charisse with me this morning? Thank you so much. Thank you. I love coming here. Thank you so much for just being who you are. I walk in the door. I, walk, I didn't even get out of my car, and I already had people loving on me. And I'm telling you, it's just the most amazing thing to just feel loved. And uh, I used to teach um, elementary kids. And um, I love teaching elementary because, because they love you. And you feel loved every single day. 
and it's you walk into school and they're like, oh, Mrs. Norman. You, <clears throat> can you tell I'm nervous? You walk in the grocery store and they're like, Mrs. Norman. And I'm like, oh, I'm so loved. It's the most amazing feeling. And then I moved to junior high. <laughs> and then the Lord said to me, now it's your turn. You love them. Because you know what it feels like to be loved. You know what it feels like to walk into a room and somebody just be so happy to see you. And somebody shower their love on you. Now you do that. You give that to them. So my, um, my 13 and 14-year-old and 12-year-olds every day that, that want to send me over the edge to crazy land, um, I just, I purpose in my heart every day to love those kids. I purpose in my heart every day to just tell them I love them, to, to, to just uh, be Jesus to them. So I'm thankful for that today. I'm thankful for you guys today. I am... Um, I'm going to talk. We've been talking about more than a song, worship being more than a song. And so Bo asked me to speak um, last week to Ashgrove. He asked me about two days before it was time to speak. Cl Clinton's laughing because he probably does that to you too. I'm like, are you kidding? Because I'm at DFL. I don't know if anybody knows Design for Life, the conference in Springfield. Yes. Woohoo. Um, I'm at DFL. I'm like, oh, I'm at a conference. And he said, I know you'll probably get lots of good stuff there. And I went, yeah, I'm th this young girl is going from 5 a.m. till midnight every night, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. I said, I, I don't know when you think I can prepare something to speak. And he goes, Mom, I know you're going to get something really good. I know God's going to give you something. But if you really want to say no, you can. And I was like, okay. So I said, but you're the only one that does this. You're the only one that pulls an, an amazingly hot, on-fire message out of the hat in a day. I said, but I'm going to try. So I'm just going to give you what I got. And so I'm thankful today. Um, so today, my, my part of the topic is on um, worship as a lifestyle. And I was thinking about that. And this morning as I was driving over here, um, I, have a, I have a message prepared for you, and I believe it's a word from God, and I'm sorry that those of you that really like to hear Bo, because I do too, that you're not hearing him today, but please understand that I believe that you are not here by accident. Please know that, that I believe that God has a word for you. If I did not believe that, I would not be up here, and I am not all about speaking. I'm not all about preaching in front of people. That is a very uh, place that's a little bit out of my comfort zone. However, I do believe in hearing from God. I do believe that God uses, uses people that desire to be used, that will speak to people that are listening. So I believe that God has a word for you today. Boys, I'm so thankful that you're here today. I said, I raised a house full of boys, and I, I, I love boys, and I think that's why that God moved me to junior high, because most people can't stand junior high boys. But, but I love them. And, and they know I do. And so that's, that's amazing. But I was just so pumped to see you guys. But I'm so thankful that you chose the hill. And I don't think you're here by accident. I, th I think if you'll allow God just to speak to your heart that he will today. So, um, yes, amen. So as I was driving over here, the Holy Spirit just kept speaking to my heart. And he kept saying, Sharice, worship is what you pursue. Worship is your pursuit. It's what you pursue in your life. So what are, your, what are you pursuing? So I want to tell you a little story about a pursuit in my life. And um, I would like for you to put up the picture of Pastor Tim. Isn't he hot? 
Yes. So you just leave that up there while I'm talking about the guy. Um, okay. So I'm 17 years old, and I am sitting in the high school gym. The high school gym goes down the middle. There's bleachers on this side, and there's seats on this side. And there's a walkway that goes down in front of the seats and a walkway that goes in front of the bleachers. And I'm sitting here over here with all my little girlfriends. Um, I'm um, the end of my junior year in high school, and we're all sitting over there looking at all the boys. And so we're kind of eyeing everybody, trying to act all cool. And um, so I look across the gym, and I'm, I see this guy walking from one end of the gym to the other. And I'm not kidding you. My heart jumped up in my throat. He was walking. He had on his Levi's <laughs> and his cowboy boots and a flannel shirt with the sleeves cut out. I thought... Holy heaven. <laughs> I grabbed my friend's knee beside me and I squeezed it for all it was worth. And I said, who is that? And she said, that's Tim Norman. And I said, Tim Norman, who is Tim Norman? And she said, well, that's Debbie Norman's brother. I said, Debbie Norman, that's our friend? That's her brother? And she went, yeah. And I went, she never told me she had a brother like that. <laughs> so I was in hot pursuit after that man. He's 21, I'm 17, and I'm telling you that um, I was used to getting what I wanted. I mean, not because I was spoiled at all. No comment, JR. Um, but anyway, I, and I really wasn't. I, I, but I, I believed in working hard. And if I wanted something, I went after it. And I went after it with all that I had. And so I went after that guy. And I was like, and I had to kind of play it cool because I didn't want to seem like a dumb little high school girl after a 21-year-old guy. And so I, um, I was just like, how can I do this? And so every time I saw him, um, I... I would just stand in awe because we hadn't been introduced yet. But every time I saw him, I thought, I'm never going to have the courage to talk to him. But I wanted to. I, I just, I wanted to meet him. So I remember the first time that he spoke to me. Um, it, it, was, it was several months later. That was in the fall. This was kind of towards the spring. And I was in my car. And he was walking by. And I saw him out of the corner of my eye. And I thought, oh, dear Lord, please, don't, don't, let, him, don't, let, him, don't let him talk to me. Because I was, I was, it was 6 a.m. in the morning. He was getting ready to go off to work. I was getting ready for for uh, some kind of athletic practice. And I was in there with um, shorts, t-shirt, no makeup, hair pulled up in a ponytail. And I thought, this is the day I'm going to meet him. Sure enough, stuck his head in my car window. And he said, hi, I'm Tim Norman. And I know that you're Sharice Norman. I've recently given my life to the Lord. And I know that you're a Christian because people talk about you and your walk with the Lord. And I I didn't even get to say one word. He goes, he goes, I'm late for work and I got to go, but I just wanted to introduce myself to you. And I went, I was seriously standing there. But from that time forward, I just kept pursuing Tim. I just kept thinking, I'm going after him. Every time I'd see Tim, I'd be like, hi, Tim, how are you? And, or if I'd see him on the square, I'd be driving by the square, turn my car around, pull him beside him and go, hey, what's going on? Anyway, it kind of opened the door. So it began this little pursuit. And so eventually, um, Julie kind of did that to JR. Where's Julie and JR? Where are they? Oh, there they are. Yeah, Julie kind of did that to JR. And I was thinking this morning, I thought, Julie, what were we thinking? Okay. <laughs> Heavens to Betsy. Okay. So worship is what you pursue. 
So I'm going to start off with um, John 4.23, and we're going to read that together. I asked, last night I had to uh, turn around every day, and they've got this nice little screen in front of me. Yet a time is coming and has now come when the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth. They are the kind of worshipers that the Father seeks. Father God, I thank you for your word. I thank you, God, that your word is quick and it's powerful, God. Lord, I thank you that your word accomplishes everything that it sets out to do. And, and today, God, I'm asking that your word would accomplish great things in the lives of the hearers today. Lord, it's not anything that I can say, Lord. It's not anything that I myself can do, but it's only by your holy anointing, God, that is on your word. And I'm asking you, God, to, to speak today. Holy Spirit, I'm asking you to speak. I'm going to lay aside my agenda. I have prepared, God. Lord, you know my heart. Lord, you know, God, the things I have done. But God, today I want to say more of you. Today I want to say, God, I'm listening to your voice today. I tune my ears into you and I want to hear, Holy Spirit, what you have to say to these people. So speak through me, I pray. In Jesus' name, amen. So Jesus is... Um, Coming back, he's on his way to Galilee, and he went through a place called Samaria, and he, he sits down at the well. He sits down at a well because he's tired and he's weary, and he asks a Samaritan woman for a drink of water, and the Samaritan woman is shocked that Jesus speaks to him because the Samaritans and the Jews are, do not speak to one another. They, are, they do not associate with each other. So Jesus speaks to her, and she's... And she's taken back by this. And then Jesus begins to, um, to speak revelation over her life, tell her about some things that are going on in her life that he would have no way of knowing. So she recognized the spirit of God in him. And so she begins to engage in this conversation with him. And she says, you know, our fathers used to worship on this mountain, this place where you are. This is where our fathers used to worship here. But you Jews say that we have to go to Jerusalem to worship. And Jesus begins to tell her, he says, you know, you guys really aren't worshiping anywhere. He says, you're, you're worshiping in darkness. You, you don't have a clue. He says, the time is coming that we just read and is now come. And he says, what you're called, if you're called a Samaritan, I'm called a Jew. If you're called a, a Baptist and I'm called a Presbyterian, what you're called who you are, where you go, doesn't matter. But how you worship is what the Father says matters. How you worship. It's um, in the Message Bible, in verse 23 and 24, it says, there will not matter where you are, where you go to worship will not matter. It's who you are and the way you live that count before God. Your worship must engage your spirit in the pursuit of truth. And there's that word, the pursuit. Your worship will be what you pursue. And that is what the Father is looking for. Sometimes we get um, in the mode of making sure that all our exteriors are in order. And our exteriors are important. We want to make sure that we get up and we go to church. That's important, people. We want to make sure that, that we're reading our Bible every day. We're reading God's word, that even we have our Bible with us, that we have it at our disposal. That's, that's 
important. We want to make sure that the people that we hang with, who the crowd that we're around, that's important. We want to make sure that maybe the things that we're saying, that they sound right, uh, we're a representative of Christ, and we know that we represent, we represent God, so we want to make sure that, that uh, the things that we say and our actions are, are all good, and nobody's going to um, think that we're bad or think that we're sinners or think that we're not Christians. Those things are important. But Jesus said, you're missing it. Worship comes from the inside. Worship comes from the spirit. It's what's in there. It's what you are pursuing. Worship is a decision to exalt God above everything else in your life, to lift him up, to put him high. I need to worship with my eyes. I need to, to pursue seeking, seeing more of his glory. I need to worship with my ears. I need, I need to, to pursue with... Um, with this conscious effort to hear the voice of the Holy Spirit. I pray in the morning, my prayer in the morning will be, um, every morning almost, without fail, I will pray, Lord, don't let me miss it today. Don't let me miss your voice today. And, and it's just that quick, just that quick. But I feel like sometimes we are too busy to hear God's voice. We're too busy we're too involved, even busy in the name of doing things for God, in the name of ministry. We're too busy to sit and listen for God's voice. My friend was talking to me yesterday, and she was talking about how she was at a conference, and the, and the speaker at the conference said, we're going to shut out the lights, and you're going to sit here for 15 minutes, and all you're going to do is think. Set your mind on Jesus Christ, and for 15 minutes, all you're going to do is think about Jesus. And she said, Sharice, what would it be like if, if for an hour all we did was, was shut everything else out and think about God? Lay there and thought, think about God. And I thought, an hour, wow, that's a really long time. You know, because I have my agenda. I have my things. I gotta, but I got to read God's word. And I've got to study, and I've got to get stuff ready for my Bible study, and I've got to get stuff ready for church, and I've got to go plan my, my worship session, and I've got to go, I've got to get everything ready for my musicians, and I've got, to, I've got to do this, and oh my gosh, I've got a spaghetti dinner on Thursday, so I've got, to, I've got to feed the football team on Thursday at church, and then I need to call all my people for desserts, and I need to ba-da-da-da, yada, 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 and I'm way too busy to hear the voice of the Holy Spirit, right? So I thought, 15 minutes. That would change my life. 15 minutes to lay everything else aside and just worship with my ears. Wait to hear what God has to say. I need to be worshiping with my mind, seeking to, to comprehend the revelation in God's word. I need to be worshiping again with my affection. Paul said, set your affection on things above. My worship should be revealed in the things that I love. Amen? Amen? Do you agree with that? The things you love will show what you worship. The things that you pursue will show what you worship. I worship because that's who I am. In Numbers, it talks about the Israelites and how when they traveled through the desert, that, the, that Aaron 
And his sons would pack up all the things in the tabernacle, the things that they used for worship. They would pack up those holy articles. They would pack up the, the, the holy furnishings, and they would pack them carefully, and they would take them with them as they were traveling through the desert. So that when they got to the place, the next place that they would go, the first thing they did was set up that tabernacle of worship. And I'm going to tell you, as I read that, I read that in a different light this time. I was thinking they, they, they had their worship with them. As they were walking through that desert, they, they carried everything with them. So when they got to that next place in the desert, that next place where they were going to have to camp out and stay, have you ever been in a place in the desert? Have you ever been in a place that, that maybe wasn't exactly comfortable? Maybe exactly wasn't a place where you really wanted to be, but you were stuck there and you had to stay there for a while. They had everything they needed right with them. They had all their holy furnishings. They had all the holy articles. And you better be packing the things you need for worship with you every step you take. It better be with you because if you leave it back here, if you leave it back here, when you get here in that place, when you have to camp in that place, you're not going to have it. And you're going to wish you would have. You're going to wish you would have been packing that worship with you everywhere. You're going to be wishing you would have been packing that, that time with the Lord. Your article, you're going to be wishing you had that article of peace, that you were carrying it with you. You're going to be wishing that you had that, that article of rest, that furnishing of rest. You're going to be wishing that you would have carried it with you because you sure need it in this place where you're at. Israelites taught us a very important lesson there. I thought about um, my walk in the morning when I, I get up about 5 a.m. and I go out in the morning and it's dark and I walk and um, sometimes I do a little running and I carry, um, uh, I have a, a fit pack and I carry my gun and my fit pack and I carry my, my pepper spray in my hand. It's got a little ring on it. I put the ring on my finger and got my finger on the trigger and I hook it in the morning. But I'm prepared. So I get to that place where I'm going to need something, I'm ready. Um, most for FYI, I mean, people don't really scare me that much, but I have run into animals. I've ran into coyotes. I've, I've, I've seen other large animals cross my path that I couldn't identify. And, um, and I just think, you know, I'm ready. And that's the way we need to be with, with our worship, with our life. We need to come packing. We need to come prepared. We need to come with our finger on the trigger, ready to go. Yes, amen. So, so let's just give the Lord some praise. That is right. That is right. Amen. Amen. We have to um, be careful that we're not so busy, that we're not so caught up that we've left part of our worship behind us. Psalms 9 says that the Lord is a fortress for the oppressed. You know why? Because sometimes we're going to face oppression. Sometimes we're going to be oppressed. If you think you're immune from that, I've got a nurse friend at school. She goes, because I had some people talking bad about me and I was whining. And, um, and I don't like that because I'm a pretty much of a people pleaser. So when somebody finds fault in me or wants to talk badly about me, and especially when it's not my heart, when they have misread something, it crushes me. And she's always like, Sharice, just shut up. You're not immune from that. I'm like, okay. <laughs> so, she doesn't have a lot of sympathy, but she's real. She's a reality. We're going to face oppression, but the Lord is a fortress. Peter, First Peter says that cast all your care. Why? Because you're going to have care. So when you're in that desert, 
you better make sure you have the tools that you need. Aristotle says, you are what you continually do. I am a worshiper. I am. Because that's what I continually do. That's what we continually live our life as one who is pursuing God as one who is pursuing that relationship, as one who wants that more than anything, as one who sets our sights on that, and that's what we're going to get. And that's where we're going to go. That's what we want in our life. Our hallelujah has to be louder than what's around us. Our hallelujah has to be bigger than our circumstance, louder than our unbelief. Amen? Amen. Our hallelujah has to be in the presence of anyone, anywhere. Amen. Amen. I'm remembering a young boy by the name of David, and we've all heard this story. Um, so I like to use familiar things because you know what I'm talking about. So David's father sent him on an errand, and he said, David, he said, I need you to go check on your brothers. They're in a fierce battle against the Philistines. You know, the Philistines had been attacking Israel for hundreds of years. The Philistines were mighty, and they were ferocious, and they were greatly feared among the people around them. And the Israelite army was faced, face to face with these Philistines, and, this, and David's father said, I need you to go, and I need you to check on your brothers. And so David took off, and when he got to the, this valley where they were fighting, David was watching this scene. And when I'm reading these stories, I kind of see them as pictures, kind of like a movie in my mind. And I'm watching David in my mind looking at this giant, watching him, this fierce giant that's almost 10 feet tall, this giant that's, that's wearing a, a coat of armor like I'm wearing this jean jacket, and this armor weighs 125 pounds this ferocious man that's taunting the army of Israel. What's the matter with you? Are you going to send someone to fight me? Are you afraid? Why won't you come? What's the matter? Who are you? You think you're so big? Come on, I'm ready. David's watching this, and he's thinking, okay. And then I think he's like he's looking at the Israelites going, what's going on here? He looks at the giant. He says, who do you think you are? And he looks at the Israelites and he said, have you guys forgotten who you are? And he says my favorite line in the whole story is this, 1 Samuel 17, 26, and it's the second part of here. Um, he asks what's going to be done for the man that kills the Philistine. But then he says, who is this uncircumcised Philistine? And I love that word, uncircumcised. Because you see, circumcision was what set the Israelites apart. Circumcision was their reminder that they were different. Circumcision was the reminder that they served a God that pulled them out of slavery while they were in Egypt. Circumcision was the thing that reminded them that they served a God that parted the Red Sea so that they could walk across on dry ground and watch the whole Israelite army drowned. Circumcision was the thing that reminded them that when you strike a stone, a rock, water will gush forth when you're thirsty. 
Circumcision was the very thing that set them apart. And David said, have you forgotten who you are? What's the matter with you? And he looks at that giant. He says, who do you think you are? And it says, who is this uncircumcised Philistine that he should defy the armies of the living God? You see, David, David pursued God. Because when David was out there in the pasture, it was just David and the sheep and God. What was in here, what David was packing was way bigger than Goliath. What David was packing was so big inside of him, he was unmoved by the enemy. His hallelujah was bigger than the enemy. His ha- yes, his hallelujah was louder than any unbelief that was around him. What was in here was bigger. David walked in an anointing. David walked in a powerful anointing that was created through a lifestyle of worship. And I'm telling you, if you want to walk in the anointing of God, we have to pursue God. We have to change some things that we do. We have to change some ways in our life if we want to walk in places like that. If we want to walk in places where, where we face the enemy and we, we tell the enemy, we don't tell, the, we don't tell God how big our storm is. We tell our storm how big our God is. Amen? Yes. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. The prophet Samuel said that David was a man after his own God's own heart. That's what the Father is seeking in me. I'm remembering another story of a man by the name of Daniel. And this is another familiar story to you. You know, Daniel was a young man that was taken out of his home because he stood out among people. He and some other Hebrew boys, they were without flaw. And and they were recognized by, um, as as being um, nice, choice men. And so they were, they were highly respected. They were referred to as having intelligence and insight and outstanding women. And David, when he was taken into this, um, this kingdom, he was not enticed by the king's delicacies. They wanted to give these boys all the good things in the kingdom. They wanted to give them the finest of food and the finest of places to stay. But you see, those things didn't exalt David's God. And David politely said, no, thank you. I don't need that because my pursuit is not on things of the world. My pursuit is not the same as most other people's pursuit. My pursuit is God. So Daniel, the king Darius issued a decree, and, it sa- and, and the king said, um, you will not bow down or pray to any God or to any human except me for 30 days. And Daniel 6.10 says that after he had heard this decree, after Daniel had heard this decree from the king, do you know what he did? Says he went to his home upstairs where the windows opened toward Jerusalem for the entire world to see. He knelt down on his knees and he prayed, giving thanks to his God, just like he did every 
single day. The circumstances around Daniel changed, but Daniel didn't change. He wasn't moved. And I'm telling you guys, that's where I want to be. I want to be where my circumstances don't move me, where I don't even think twice about it, where I'm like, oh, okay. Daniel 6.13, I love this, and I'm not sure if you have that. But the, but the magistrates and the, the governors of the land, they were very jealous of Daniel. And, and he, um, they went to the king, and they said, King, your buddy Daniel... That, that, that guy that you like so much, that guy that you think is so great, you made this decree and he's ignoring you. You know what he's doing? He's doing the very thing you told him not to do. He's upstairs praying in his room. He's up there for the whole world to see and he's praying. He's not paying attention to you. Daniel was not intimidated. Daniel was not shaken. Daniel's emotions were untouched. Because what was on the inside of him was what came out. Sometimes I feel like we have lions in our life. And we as Christians are like, oh God, there's a lion. Okay, okay, Lord, I know there's, this is big. This is huge. And we're just like going before the Lord. And, and we're panicked. And I do this. I let things kind of consume me sometimes. And bless my husband's heart. He'll say, Sharice, let's get perspective here. Sharice, let, let, let's put this in perspective. And he talks me into perspective. In the big picture, how big is this? In the big picture, is this job our provider? No, it is not. God is my provider. Sharice, in the big picture, are the people at your work, are they what bring you peace? Nope, it is not. My peace comes from his, being in his presence. And he starts, he starts pouring this, this worship into me, into my life. And immediately, I just start going, that's right. I, start, I, pick, I pick up my tools again, and I start packing them again. I think of that, that song that says, um, I don't want to be afraid every time I face the waves. I don't want to fear the storm every time I hear it roar. I want to be like Daniel and like David that hear the second part of that song that says, peace be still, no matter what. I have a granddaughter, Briley, and she is um, seven now, and this was about when she was about five or maybe close to six, and I was watching the grandkids, and they were all at my house, and I was in the kitchen cooking, and I thought, hadn't heard them or seen them for a while, and so I thought, I better go check on them, so I went, and I found Chloe and Jace were in the family room watching TV and still couldn't find Briley, walked back through the kitchen, walked through the dining room, walked in the toy room, and then I walked in my living room, and it's dark in my living room. So we got this little five-year-old little girl, and it's dark in there, and her back is to me. So I'm looking at her. Her back is to me, and I'm watching this little girl. She's got her hands lifted. Now it's dark in that room. She's got her hands lifted. She's got her face turned, turned toward the heaven, and she's singing, You make me brave. You make me brave. She's five. You call me out beyond the shore into the waves. And I mean this big thing inside of me, this big, this big thing that just made me fight back tears, just welled up within me because nobody told that five-year-old little girl to go in there and worship. Nobody told that five-year-old little girl to leave the toy room, 
leave the television, leave Grammy and Papa, and walk to the living room and worship. But she did that because that's what's in her. That's what's there. Those are the tools that the five-year-old is packing. Those are the tools that are, that are in there. One of my very favorite stories in the Bible is about Paul and Silas in, in Acts chapter 16. And it um, talks about Paul and Silas are walking down the road and there's a slave girl following them and she's taunting them. She's making fun of them or just kind of just, just nagging them, I think. More just a nagging thing. I have lots of nagging things in my life. And I'm sure you do too. But Paul gets tired of it and he turns around and he rebukes her and then he casts that spirit out of her. And for that, Paul and Silas get thrown into prison. So they're sitting in prison and the scripture says, 1625 says, about midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God and the other prisoners were listening to them. Paul and Silas, stripped, beaten, now, I don't know, I can't say this enough, but, but this is really real. They're stripped down, they're beaten, their hands are chained to the walls, their feet are in shackles, and at midnight they start praying and singing. And you know why? Because that's what they did, that's how they lived their life every single day. It didn't matter what came their way. It didn't matter what they were facing. This is what they did right here. And what I love this about this the most is that when we allow that spirit of worship to move on the inside of us, when we allow God to be exalted, when we allow God to be above all, it affects everyone around us. It affects every person in our life. My little five-year-old changed me on the inside. Your worship affects the people around you. Your pursuit will affect the people around you, whether it's a pursuit for God, a pursuit for worship, or a pursuit for something else. It's not just your life. Your life affects the people around you. And their worship affected everyone. It says in the prison that every chain fell off. Every prisoner there was set free. It goes on to tell us that, that the power of that worship, suddenly there was a violent earthquake and the foundations of the prison were shaken and all at once prison doors flew open and everyone's chains came loose. The power in your worship, the power in your pursuit of worship sets people free. Yes. Amen. The power in your worship, the power in your pursuit will save lives from hell. That jailer, Peter and Silas went home with that jailer and it says that jailer and his entire household were saved. That jailer and his entire household will stand before the throne of God and God will say, enter in because of the worship of Paul and Silas. The power of your pursuit will cause people to stand before God, and you will, and they will. It will happen. And I think about that, you know, we're, we're gonna stand there and we're gonna watch. We're gonna stand there and we're gonna watch that jailer one day. 
You're going to stand there and you're going to watch people that God will say, depart from me, I never knew you. People in your circle, people in my circle. Or you're going to stand there and, and he's going to say, enter in, thou good and faithful servant. People in your circle, people in my circle. My worship, my hallelujah has to speak loudly. My hallelujah has to be louder than anything in my life. You know, I have walked through um, some dark places. And, and I, I, most people don't know. Because we, when, we're, when our lives are kind of set up um, in leadership, or when our lives are kind of set up in ministry, we don't just, um, we don't, a lot of times we just kind of cover things up. We don't get the opportunity of really not showing up on church, to church. I don't get the opportunity. I had, I had a friend, I, and I was, it makes me mad because, and that's why God gave me boys, because I just get ticked off and I don't have time for whiny and, and the poor me thing. I'm learning though, I'm getting better, but, but my boys, I just, I'm always like, just shut up, knock it off. So, you know, that's, that's kind of how it is. So, so I'm thinking about um, how that when I'm walking in life and, and I'm in dark places, I've been in places that I felt very alone. I've been in places where I felt very defeated. And maybe you're sitting there in that place today. Maybe you're in that place today where, where you're just feeling like, Sharice, I'm, I'm walking there. I have, I have those moments where I feel like defeat is going to choke the life out of me. And I feel like just recently, you know, I, I walk with the Lord, but I feel like just recently the Holy Spirit, probably the last eight weeks, you know, I told you I get up in the morning and I, and I go for these walks or, or runs, and, and on my way back, about halfway through the walk, when I turn to go home, the Holy Spirit starts dealing with my heart. And this is every day. The Holy Spirit will start dealing with my heart. And the Holy Spirit will just start calling me and saying, Sharice, deeper. Sharice, I need you to make a concentrated, conscious effort to go deeper with me. I need you to make a conscious effort to hear my voice. Because you see, when, when you face fearful things, I don't want you to fear anymore. When you face things that, that might make you feel like you want to cower, even though you know I'm there, I don't want you to cower anymore. I want you to be courageous. When you walk through those places, when you get to that place in the desert where you're going to have to camp out, and I was there about a year ago, a little over a year ago, and I had to camp out in a desert, and it was horrible. It was probably one of the most horrible places I'd ever been in in my life. And I know the Lord spoke to me. The Lord changed me in that place. And so today I'm grateful for it. But it sure wasn't fun walking through it. But the Lord's just speaking to my heart, just saying, Sharice, I need you to make it a conscious effort. I don't want you just to, just to know that I'm there. I don't want you to walk like, you, like you've been walking. I want you to purposely pursue me. Would you go ahead and just sing just a, a little bit of that? I want you guys to shut your eyes. And now we're going to take just a few minutes. And I want you to put everything out of your mind and just focus on God right now.
every single person in this building. You say, Holy Spirit, speak to my heart. If you're saved, if you're a Christian, if you've given your heart to God, if you haven't ever received Jesus Christ as your Savior, if you've never given your heart to the Lord, say the same thing. God, I don't know what this is all about, but I'm going to do what the, what the old lady says. I'm going to shut my eyes and I'm going to say, God, speak to me. the first thing I just want to ask you, just keep your heads bowed and your eyes closed. We just never want anybody to leave the service, to leave this moment where the presence of God is so tangible right now, where the presence of God is here to touch your life and touch your heart and, and has the potential to change you forever. I don't want to leave this service without just giving you the opportunity to make a decision for Christ today. So I'm just going to ask, I'm not going to embarrass you, but I'm going to ask you today that if you have never made a decision for Christ, if you have never asked Christ into your heart, or maybe, maybe you've asked him into your heart, but you're not really serving him and you, you just, um, just haven't really committed your life to him. If that's you today, I'm just asking ask you to raise your hand right now. Just raise your hand if that's you. Pastor Clinton. Thank you. I see those hands and I thank you this morning. I'm going to wait just a second. Just keep your head bowed, your eyes closed. If that's you, just raise your, be brave. Be brave. Man. It takes courage to say, okay, I surrender. Okay, my second call to you this morning is if you say, Sharice, that message touched my heart. That message moved me. And I'm kind of like you. I've walked with the Lord. I've, I've walked. I, I, know, I know how to read, to hear God's voice. I read the word, I want to be close to him, but that message touched my heart. It tugged my heart and spoke to me and said, said, God, I want to make a conscious, concise, clear, deliberate effort for more of you. I want to make that, that, that come to that place, God, where I say, God, today's the day. Today's the day that I'm going to lay aside things that don't exalt you. Today's the day that I'm going to start pouring more of you. I'm going to start pursuing you like I've never pursued you before in my life. If that's you today, I want you just to stand to your feet. Be brave. Stand up. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you all over the building. Thank you. I just thank you. Thank you.
Mm. Mm. Thank you, God. Yes. Can you give God some praise? Now, I'm just going to pray a prayer for, for you people that were brave enough to stand today and say, this is it. October 20th. This is the day that I decided that I am going to pursue God like I've never pursued him before. God, you see these hearts. You see these courageous people, God, that have made a stand, that have made that declaration today that says, today, God, today, October 20th, you write it down on your calendar. You write it down in your journal. You put it on your refrigerator. You put it on your bathroom mirror. October 20th is the day I said, Today, God, I'm going to pursue you like I have never pursued you before in my life. Today, I want more of you. God, you see them. You see them today. And God, I thank you, God, that your word says if we seek, we will find. God, your word says that if we knock, the door will be opened unto us. God, I thank you that your word says that your eyes are over us, that your ears are open unto our prayers today, God. So God, I pray that the power of the Holy Spirit would fall upon these lives today. God, these hearts that are within the sound of my voice, I'm asking you, God, to do a mighty, a mighty work, God. Father, I pray, God, that they would have courage, God. God, I pray that they would have boldness. I speak boldness over you by the power of the Holy Spirit. In the name of Jesus, can we give God some praise this morning? Hallelujah. Everybody, stand to your feet. Let's stand and let's give God some praise.
Sing a little louder, church. Worship it. today that join the kingdom of God is singing he's going to be in the he's going to walk in with us because of his grace amen amen God is so good I'm so glad that we get to carry the joy of the Lord everywhere that we go and it's not just in these four walls but it just spills out in our life because it's what we've got hidden it's what we've been taught it's what we just live in every day of our life I'm so thankful for it. Anybody else thankful that we don't have to come to a building to see Jesus? He lives inside of us every day. 